Welcome back to the All in the Homeschool Day podcast. We've been talking the last few episodes about time management, and they've been focused on your time management, but today we're taking a different turn and looking at how you can help your teens learn to manage their time. We have a special guest with us today to give us an inside look into what your teens might be thinking and what they might want. So uh, today we're hearing from my daughter. She's 18 and she's a senior in high school. So why don't you start by telling us about yourself and your journey to uh, time management. Well, hi, I'm Katie and I, like my mom said, am a senior in high school. So I've had a few years of trying to figure out this whole time management thing. And I can't say I have it completely figured out yet, but I'm working on it. I have kind of always struggled with time management. When I was a lot younger, I would get sucked into a book and it would be there until the book spit me back out when I was done. And that still does sometimes happen today, but there are other things I've had to work on, like leaving on time and getting to bed before it's too late. It's been a struggle. So how can parents help their teens start to manage their own time? Well, you, I think, need to first accept that if you're letting them have control of managing their time, then... You need to let them have control of the things that are associated with that. If they're managing when they go to sleep, you need to not be the one saying, okay, you're going to go to sleep soon, right? You need to let them have control of the decision of when they're going to sleep if you're letting them choose when they go to sleep. And you need to let them have control of asking for help if they're needing help to get to bed when they're trying to. And but letting, letting go of control is hard. It is. What should a parent do when their teen's pushing back because they're not letting go of control? Back off. <laughs> Definitely back off. And I would also say, if possible, it helps to talk about it. Mm. But if your teen is pushing back against you trying to help them manage their time, it's because you're doing too much to help. As teens, we are starting to become more independent, especially in your later teens. And you don't want your parents micromanaging you. And it can get to the point where if they're micromanaging you enough, then even when they back off, Unless they back off completely for a while, it still feels like micromanaging. So just maybe be aware that if you've been very involved in that and your teen is pushing back, then you might need to step way back for a couple weeks or more and then come back in. How can parents help teens in a way that doesn't feel like they're micromanaging? Well, try not to micromanage or nag, obviously. Don't be on top of your kid all the time when you're when they're doing something that you don't think they should be doing. I know mom has told me, I know you've told me about that a lot. Just you've been had to work on not telling me that I should maybe do something different when it's something you don't think I should be doing. 
So try to stay out of that unless like there's a big issue. It's really not as helpful as you think it might be. There have been times when I've told you that I've been concerned or observations that I've had, but it's more about the way that we say it than what um, than the fact that we're actually commenting on it. I would say when as well. When, limit yeah. that and maybe, maybe like how often. Yeah, how often. Just limit how often you're saying observations like that. In addition to not nagging or micromanaging, just being there, knowing that your team knowing that you're supporting them is very helpful. Don't judge or don't punish and with the caveat that sometimes like mom and I will we'll have agreements on when I need to finish school or if I need to have some chores finished by a certain time and if I procrastinate and don't get them done in time there are consequences but that's a little different than something you've turned over such as going to bed on time or leaving on time. I know those are two big time management things for me, but if it's not something where you guys have set a specific time for say getting schoolwork done, then don't punish them if they say, end up staying up until like three in the morning. Believe me, they're punished enough. They're feeling it. (laughs) So instead we can sympathize or empathize with you um, and it's okay to sometimes still act surprised when we hear things. Just don't <laughs> yeah. overreact. Don't overreact, but also try not to act in a judgmental way. I know for me personally, I get worried that if I do something that I know my parents probably, I mean, wouldn't do, like, I have no clue if they would have done it if they were in my shoes today, but, like, as a teen, I mean, but I your age, I know you wouldn't do some of the stuff I do, and I know you don't think it's necessarily maybe the best idea, and then I end up doing it, and I'm worried you're going to judge me for it. So having a culture between a relationship that's built on trust and your team knowing they can come talk to you when they're struggling with something without getting judged or getting punished is big for that. What do you think has helped create that culture and develop that relationship between us? Honestly, the times that one of us is blown up at the other, unfortunately, it's not pleasant. But I think the talks that we've had after the fact of that have really helped with with our relationship in regards Mm. to that. I agree. And then I think both of us making intentional efforts. I think more of the effort was on mom's part just because she had to do a lot of work towards getting used to not micromanaging. But I definitely had to put in some effort. And we've gotten to a point where, mom, you can tell me that you're concerned about something I'm doing or the amount of time I'm doing it for. And I'll take that into consideration and think about it. And I had to work to get there, too. There were times that, in the past, that I would say that, and 
Um, it did not go over as well. <laughs> but now you're to the point where when I make observations like that, I think I'm making them with open hands of, I know this isn't going to necessarily change anything and I'm not trying to, but if it were me, I'd want someone to point that out. I would say if you're going to make an observation, just do it from an outsider's perspective, kind of the perspective of sometimes it can be really hard to see something mm -hmm. when you're the one doing it. So as somebody who noticed this, I thought you might want to know this because that might not be what you intended to do. I mean, still be careful with the amount you give observations and stuff. That's actually been helpful for me too. There have been times that you've told me you would prefer that I handle situations differently or that I um, not nag or uh, that I back off or um, let you work on it with your executive function coach or different, different things that you would prefer that I do. And it wasn't always easy to hear which I'm sure is the same for you, but it was really helpful for me to know how to move forward. One thing you talked about was when we had times that it didn't go well and one of us blew up, what was helpful in the after part to help us build that relationship? What stood out to you? Well, first we gave each other space that part's important. You need to give the other person enough time to calm down, however much time that may be. Enough time to calm down and actually be able to talk calmly about it. But then also, you being willing to realize that you were micromanaging me a lot of those times. And I mean, if you overreacted and then I overreacted back and we ended up with one of us blowing up or both of us blowing up at each other. I, I would apologize. Like me, I think I've apologized for that. But also it's helpful when you admit, assuming this is actually what you've been doing, you admit that you were doing something that was not helpful and was not honoring what we had agreed on with you backing off more and acknowledging that and committing to fix it and then trying to fix it. It's really helpful to me just in general, also just empathizing and sympathizing, especially when I do something that I didn't mean to do. So if your teen ever comes to you and says that they goofed up something in relation to time management, maybe they stayed up too late, maybe they didn't leave on time, don't judge or punish them and instead sympathize with them. But don't try and help them unless they ask for it. That can be hard to know what you need it can. and how to help. So sometimes what I've done is ask which mommy that you need right then, whether it's problem solving mommy or sympathetic mommy or just mommy to listen and let you vent. So that might be something helpful that they can do. Yeah. What else could parents do to help their teens? Don't help too much. Mm, so what does that look like? 
not trying to help every time and not automatically reverting to the, okay, let's figure out why mm. this happened so that we can fix it. I know for me, it has to be my decision to change something before it gets changed. If I decide I'm going to do it, chances are I'll do it. If my parents decide I need to do it, might do it, but it's not going to be done as nice, most likely, and it's not going to be done as soon because it's not something I wanted to do or I chose to do. So ultimately, making changes in time management needs to be your kid's decision, your teen's decision, not your decision, like what they need to do. And I mean, that'll, that'll be a gradual change as they get older, but not helping can also be not trying to brainstorm when they come to you because they need a hug because they goofed up. And I mean, they may ask for help for accountability or brainstorming, but kind of let them come to you to ask for help. And if they're really struggling, it's okay to mention something like, do you want, I'm here if you need help, brainstorming. I mean, make, make sure they know that you can help them if they want or need help. But in general, don't try to force them to take your help. That's good advice. So what are some things, some other things that we've done that have been helpful for you? The biggest thing for me has been working with my executive function coach. And what has been helpful about that? Having somebody who I don't otherwise interact with, who I can tell my failures to with, and knowing she's not going to judge me or punish me for them. And being able to work through what I need to do with her. It's like, I've set aside this time to meet with you. I'm committed to working through these issues and fixing them. Instead of, mom, I need to vent. How do we fix these? I don't want to be doing this. Because I know when I do the, I don't want to be doing this. Chance, there's the chance that I'll blow mom off or dad off and just kind of say, yeah, yeah, whatever, is greater. So it works a lot better when I'm working with somebody who can who is outside my family who I don't otherwise interact with just to work through that better. It also helps that she can provide external accountability so I don't have to rely on you guys just because uh, sometimes relying on your accountability. I kind of ignore it because it feels like my own accountability and I don't do well with internal accountability. I think it's been really helpful for you to work with her because it's taken some of the pressure off and I don't have to worry so much about some of the aspects because I, if there's something that, let's say you need to plan out how to accomplish a goal, then I can say, well, why don't you go talk to your coach about that? and not have to, as you say, micromanage and make sure that you have a plan. And I can basically turn it over to you, but know that you still have help. So it's, I think, allowed us to kind of take a step back and let us focus on the relationship instead of focusing on developing the skill. Yeah, definitely. It also helps that she's had a lot of training in executive function yeah. and knows how all it works 
best ways to, you know, get people to do stuff. So best ways for me to get myself to do stuff. There's been a little bit of um, education in the process too. Yeah, I've gotten to learn about some interesting stuff as well. So I'll leave a link in the show notes to my resources page where you can find recommendations for how you can find an executive function coach. There's uh, some that we've interviewed, some that I've interacted with in the coaching community, as well as the training center that specifically focuses on executive function skills. So if you're looking for a coach for your team, that would be a great place to start. Um, What else has been helpful as you've learned about the time management process and like planning out your days and your weeks? Well, finding a system that works for planning out my days and my weeks. And truthfully, I'm still refining this and I think I always will be, but I've had to work really hard to find something that works well for planning out days and weeks. I found that it can't be too time intensive or too involved. And I know I need something that's pretty short and sweet, like five minutes a day is awesome. And I ended up coming up with a pretty unique idea that incorporates some of Cal Newport's philosophies that he talks about in his book, how to be a straight A student, which is, by the way, a great book. Uh, it talks a lot about, well, it has one of its sections dedicated to time management. And it talks about procrastination and how to plan out your days. He has a very simple five minute system that is easy to carry around, very simple, so it's easy to create a variation that works for you. I will also say the book is great for high school and especially for college students. That's kind of the audience it was written for. And it also covers how to effectively study for tests and write papers. So plus there. But it really helped me his idea of how to plan your days in five minutes really helped me as I've worked on how to plan my days. I've incorporated his ideas a lot. There can be obstacles that teens encounter as they are developing their time management skills, and they'll probably be different for everybody, but there's probably some common trends. What are some of the struggles that you've had, and how might parents help their teens through that? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying, I feel like the struggles would often kind of commonly be Things like social media and then thing, other things like YouTube, video games, even books. I mean, I know I've struggled with books before. Imagine 3 a.m. mornings. <laughs> it's not pleasant when I wake up. <laughs> but personally, I'd say the biggest time suck for me is maybe either video games or YouTube. I have to be really careful with that. And my advice towards dealing with that is... Keep in mind, those things are addicting, like they're designed to be addicting, and they can, it's not like alcohol or drugs, I'm not comparing it to that, but I am saying that it's, once you start playing a, a game, it is hard to actually stop playing it and move on to something else, and 
you want to play it even after you're done playing it. So as you're helping your teen with time management, keep in mind that it needs to be their decision to play video games less. If you ban them from playing video games or ban them from playing video games more than a certain amount of time today for the day, that will work until they leave home and aren't under your authority. Then they can play them all they want and won't have the skills to resist playing them when they're in college or in vocational school or working. The other kind of approach, instead of just restricting their time, is acknowledging that as you're turning time management over to them, you're also turning things like video games over to them. And it needs to be your teen's decision to like, how much they're playing and how to control that. It can be challenging, but because of its addictive nature, it's going to go even more poorly than you trying to micromanage with other things. So the, I think the best way to help your kid with something that's more addictive is to assist them in finding tools that help them to limit this. And it's okay to make an observation if you see them playing a lot, but try not to make those observations super often, super frequently, because like we talked about earlier, it doesn't go over well when you make observations super frequently. But also you could consider investing in software that supports your teen as they're trying to limit things like video games. I personally use a software called Focus Me, which is great because I can personalize the plans and set them to say block video games from say 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. or from midnight to 8 a.m. for example. Or I can set it up to block my internet overnight. You can do a lot of things with it, which is great. You can even just completely block something if you need to. So basically, Focus Me has helped have more control over video games. And it can apply to other aspects on their computer yeah, yeah. and the internet. So, and it's a great lifetime tool that you'll take with you oh, as yeah. you keep um, keep maturing and keep developing these skills. Definitely. Um, I will link to that in the show notes too, if you guys want to check that out. Um, another thing that we did was to have a gradual transition. That's definitely helped. Not, it's not the full fire hose to the face. Yeah, so we gave you some control over your screen time limits, and um, we started by letting you decide when to go to bed on your own, and then turned over some of the technology, but we actually had a agreed-upon plan that you knew as long as you maintained managing what you did have control over well, then you would get more and more autonomy over time. How did that feel? It felt good to know I wasn't going to be overwhelmed, but also to have some control over the plan and agreeing to it. It was nice to also just kind of ha get, gain more of that control. And actually, I remember kind of when I first had a phone, 
we didn't actually have screen time on it. So it was interesting going from no restrictions on my phone to screen time. And it's nice now that the screen time limits have relaxed a lot. So as we wrap up, what would you say would be a big takeaway that parents should remember as they're helping their teens in this process? I would say don't judge and don't punish. Do encourage and support and sympathize and empathize when they're struggling. Praise them if you see them doing something that's hard for them. Say getting schoolwork done without a whole lot of stress. And don't try to help too much. It's something they're learning to manage. So you have to be willing to step back and let them make mistakes and make successes for themselves. Kind of sounds like it could be wrapped up in the phrase, let them fail, but be there to support them when they do. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. It's not an easy topic to talk about. And it's something that I think will be really helpful for other teens and parents as they are going through the process themselves. Yeah, I'm sure. I hope it helps. So I will include links in the show notes to all the resources that we have talked about. If you have further questions, feel free to email me. You can also go to the podcast page at triumphantlearning.com forward slash podcast. And there's a, a place towards the bottom where you can even leave a voicemail if you have a question. And we will either find a way to answer that via email or if it's um, a topic that we can talk about on the podcast at a later date, then we might do that too. Thanks so much for being here with us. And I hope that this encourages you and provides some practical tools to help you in this journey. Until next time, have a triumphant day. Thanks for joining me on the Purposeful Impact Podcast. I pray that today's episode blessed you and that you found encouragement and practical tips. If so, would you share this episode with someone else so that they can be blessed too? I'd also appreciate it if you would take 30 seconds and leave a rating and review in your podcast app. Leaving a review helps other homeschool parents find the podcast and know if it's a good fit for them. Thanks so much for helping to spread the word.